Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. All right, hello everyone and welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Pencroft Pod. We're going to be talking about... The 1976 release, Bad News Bears. My name is John, and joining me is almost birthday girl, my fiance Lauren. Hello. Hello. That how, is true. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. We uh, we took a week off. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my mom noticed. Maybe some others. Sorry, Lorraine. It's it's okay. We're back. You know, sometimes the the team they have they have the the day off. They have the day off during the week. Mm-hmm. And that's what we'll that's what we'll chalk that up to. Right. So, uh, for those just tuning in, episode five. What is season one of our podcast about, Lauren? Season one of our podcast is where me, a filmmaker, and you, a huge baseball fan, both of us who are engaged to each other, watch a ton of classic baseball films that I usually have not seen. Sometimes we both haven't seen them. Sometimes we both have, but not for a while. But the general premise is. How have I not seen such classic American cinema? Right. And this this week, we are both in the same boat because how have we both not seen the 1976 release, Bad News Bears? I don't know. I have no idea. But it's re- been remedied. We have watched it. Has it has been remedied, yes. I can't confirm. Record, yes. can confirm we watched this movie. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the discussion, we're going to talk about uh, the year in baseball that was 1976. And I was actually on the phone, I think, with my mom when we were talking about watching this movie. And she was on speaker and she was talking to both of us. She did some of the homework. She right? did some of the homework already. And I I said off the top of my head, because I couldn't, I didn't think I remembered, I'd said 1976, I think that's when the Reds won the World Series. And it was... Yay! Uh, the Cincinnati Reds defeated the New York Yankees in a four-game sweep. This made the Reds back-to-back World Series champions, so they won in 75 and 76. Uh, and they are the only team to go undefeated in the postseason since the inception of the divisional era in 1969. So that's a pretty hefty feat there. Uh, the MVPs were the worst baseball announcer of all time, Joe Morgan for the Cincinnati Reds and uh, Thurman Munson, uh, RIP, for the New York Yankees. Thurman. Thurman Munson. Sounds like Herman Munster. Kind of does. Cy Youngs were Jim Palmer for the Baltimore Orioles and Randy Jones for the San Diego Padres. Rookies of the year were Mark Fidrich for the Detroit Tigers and Butch Metzger. Oh, boy. Someone's going to correct me on that. Butch played for the San Diego Padres. Oh, and Pat Zachary for the Cincinnati Reds. So this is the first year that the National League Rookie of the Year Award was shared. And it's only happened one other time in the American League in 1979. So little sharing of the Rookie of the Year Award there. Pretty interesting. Nice. And that is all the baseball facts I have. Well, let's take a look at the year in movies. For 1976, uh, the Oscar winner for Best Picture was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, the highest grossing. We were just talking about that movie. We were because and you have not seen it. I haven't. Why were we talking about it? Because I was watching. Because Sunny. you were watching Always Sunny, and uh, Danny DeVito uh, is in a mental hospital in that show and has 
a Native American man throw the water cooler through the window and he escapes. Nice. Spoilers for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. From kind of, sort 1976. of. Yes. The highest grossing film of 1976 was the original Rocky. Oh, all right. That was actually, it was a really, really big year for movies. It sounds like it. Tons, tons of things came out. So, and I tried to do some research to find out what movie was the biggest flop of 1976. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to find a consensus on what it was. So I'm not even going to say. Let's just say every business was booming for the film industry. <laughs> great year all Nobody around. Nobody failed. They looked, Everyone, great job. Everyone made money. The they board. were so happy. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe we should just move on to some movie stats about the movie at hand. Yes. Bad News Bears. So description, an aging, a down-on-his-luck ex-minor leaguer coaches a team of misfits in an ultra-competitive California Little League. The version that we watched was not rated. There were two options. There was not rated and there was PG. Not rated. Yeah, we picked the not rated one. Um, it was easy to tell why it was not rated. <laughs> um, some language. Some language and some uh, racial signs of the times. Yeah. Uh, questionable by today's standards for sure. Uh, this movie was directed by Michael Ritchie. Uh, Michael Ritchie also directed, I just picked a handful from his IMDb, but A Simple Wish, The Candidate, and The Island. He had like a 50-year directing career. Um, not a ton of them I have seen or heard of, but good for him. Good for him. This movie was written by Bill Lancaster, released in 1976, of course. The budget was $9 million, and it grossed $42.3 million. This was one of the top 10 highest grossing films of the year of 1976. Um, And for nominations, um, Walter Matthau, who plays the washed up coach of the team, uh, was nominated for a BAFTA Film Award for Best Actor. The Writers Guild of America uh, nominated it for Best Comedy written directly for the screen. So Bill Lancaster got got a nomination, yeah. Yes, uh, in this movie, so the two big names to take away are really Walter Matthau, who plays the coach, and Tatum O'Neill, yes, who plays uh, Amanda, the daughter of of the coach's ex, who he scoops in to uh, play for the team because yeah. she's a great pitcher. Yes, um, so she waltzes in, does a lot of good, but uh, Tatum O'Neill, in her very first scene in Bad News Bears, I said out loud, "Who is this girl?" Yes. And I immediately had to look her up because I needed to know who she was. So Tatum O'Neill, um, three years before Bad News Bears came out, she won uh, the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress at the age of 10 for Paper Moon. This is crazy. Yeah. And then the next movie she did was Bad News Bears. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the poster, it's Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill. That's, and a bunch of little kids. That's the post that she got second billing. And for I mean, sure. when you win an Academy Award at 10, I think... Uh, you deserve that. Yeah, for sure. So those are kind of the stats about the movie. I will also say uh, the the guy who plays Kelly Leak is Jackie Earl Haley, who people might know as Rorschach in Watchmen. He was also in Elite of Battle Angel. Oh, he, what? He I was, love that. Uh, Ger- Gerwishka. Hang on. He was a huge cyborg criminal. Is oh, what man. Is. There were so many That's, huge cyborg <laughs> criminals. He, Nothing against this guy. He also played Freddy Krueger in the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I genuinely love that movie, though. He was in Preacher. 
and the tick. So he's had like, he's had the first part of his career when he was a wee lad. Mm -hmm. And now the second part, I'm sure he's just been acting through and through, but I'm just saying that's, I know him from stuff that has come out more recently. He was in Lincoln, Shutter Island. He was in Human Target, which I believe is a show that I know one of my friends really, really loved. I just can't remember who it is. So yeah, he he's uh he's had a pretty he's also directed stuff too. So he's uh right. he's doing it. Yeah, he's and out in, and about. And in the movie, he played Kelly, who was like the motorcycle riding, ten year old smoking, hustling, gambling, yeah, uh, loan sharking the other children. Uh, he was the he was a bad the ringer. Egg. He was the ringer. Yeah, nobody the lone ringer. Yeah, nobody wanted him around until they found out he had a great arm, and it's like, well, maybe we do want you around. Well, he he apparently is of of legend of, mm. around the. The city as a the best athlete. Period. What, what they were saying, just Period. in general. Yes. I usually ask you this question, but I guess I'll ask it to the room, mm-hmm. including uh, hashtag Henson the Little Pup. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you know about this movie before you saw it, Lauren? I all I knew was drunk, washed up coach coaches a little league team. That's really it, and that's all from the trailer from the remake starring Billy Bob Thornton. From 2005. Uh, for, for me, I knew there was a lot of swearing in it by mm-hmm. children. Sure. And I knew Walter Matthau was in it. And I have a vague rego- recollection of someone spoiling it for me and telling me they 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 don't win in the end. Mm. And that's it. Nice. That's all I knew. I super did not know that Walter Matthau was in it, which was such a delight. Yes. Because I, I, one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid is Hello, Dolly. Which there is a poster you pointed out in the background yeah. for Hello, Dolly. I, that must have been an Easter egg because that came out in 67. Absolutely. That was. Love it. 100%. Great job, production team. So let's talk about this movie. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't seen this before. I think is the first takeaway yeah. I have. We have Walter Matthau who is, as you said, down on his luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly drinking mm-hmm. and smoking. I don't know if there's a scene in this movie where he is not drinking and or smoking. I don't think there is one. Yeah. Maybe. Mm, no, no. I'm pretty sure every scene has a him smoking or smoking or drinking in it. Yeah. I think what the biggest takeaway I had from this movie, besides it being great, was how difficult it is to be a kid in Little League. Mm-hmm. Like that is pretty accurate as a kid who was in Little League. Is it? I mean, it's not like beating children on the mound accurate, but it is very intense from what I recall. Hmm. Have I ever told you about uh, when my little league team, all the coaches decided we should move a a league up when we weren't ready and we lost every game? Oh, my God, no. (laughs) What? We almost won the last game, though, if I recall correctly. You almost won one? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, good for that game almost, but... Mm, rough yeah um i mean i but i do i I remember you know little league being very intense and very uh i mean i shouldn't be like questioning you because like i was always the only girl on the team well except for there was like a year or two where i wasn't but then it was just me and one other girl with a bunch of we only had one girl on little kid yeah and that's not uncommon um because we played baseball we didn't play softball right we wanted to play baseball yeah so it's like, I mean, I went through some abuse too, but mine was like, because I was a girl right? and the only girl, um, you know, and I wasn't like Amanda in this movie. I wasn't 
a girl who the coach handpicked to come in right. and be their starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. That isn't, and I feel like that's kind of a that's a, a trope of baseball movies. Yes, where there's you know there's this one girl and she's cool because she's got a really a good great arm, great player. Yeah. yeah, and they eventually accept her. Right. Yeah, that was not me. Um, I was called a dickhead, um, and I told <laughs> the coach. Told me about yeah, that. Yeah, I told the coach, and the coach made the guy who called me a dickhead write me a letter of apology. Didn't you have it for like? I ever? had it for so yeah. long. I am so upset that at some point I got rid of it. But I would have kept that forever. I know. I'm so bummed. I don't know. I mean, moving cross country, I'm sure I purge a lot oh, of man, stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, no, little league was tough. It wasn't violent but it was aggressive yeah it was tough it was not uh your son throws a ball at a kid's head and then you call timeout and punch him in the face i was yeah you were so taken aback by that yeah um i mean there's a lot to be taken aback in this movie for sure for sure but like that was even for the times obviously the crowd the other parents the teammates like were all pretty Uh, it was dead silent they did a very good job with that scene pretty horrifying it's not like in 76 that was okay and now i'm horrified it was holy shit this coach who was taking this game way too seriously Mm -hmm. just smacked his kid knocked him on the floor yeah just knocked him right on the ground um yeah so that took me took me aback a little bit but um i guess let's start from the top of the movie i think we kind of jump to the end this team i feel like what i took away from the setup of the movie was this politician of some kind like yeah. pays the, this coach to coach a bunch of kids who couldn't get on another team is so, that what you took away that was a little confusing to me because yeah. i just i just the setup of the movie is very like okay here's your money here's the list of t- uh, kids that are on the team. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, also now there's 17 teams in the league. What's up with that? I gotta go. Yeah. Also, there aren't isn't really enough gear for all the teams because there is a 17th. So it's yeah. like okay. So the setup was very just like boom, 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 and then we find out later that guy's a politician or some. Uh, he's a politician of some sort, and he's one of the dads, mm-hmm. and he pays. Walter Matthau to manage this team. Walter Matthau is a pool cleaner, mm-hmm. ex minor leaguer, um, who, like we said, is it like I, I cannot stress enough. He is drinking all of the time. Yeah, there's even a scene where the kids are cleaning a pool that he's supposed to be taken care of and, and like a kid is like bartending and making him like a gin martini. Yeah, and, and like he's hand like, delivers this is great. it. <laughs> That's also a really sweet scene because he's telling stories about when he was a ball player. Yes. And all of his little players are Listening hanging. Yeah, they're like, hey, tell us the one about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, like, there is, I think, in, in the beginning, a level of admiration until he is falling down drunk and can't pitch to them at practice. Yes. Then it kind of starts to turn a little bit. I mean, uh, and in the beginning of the movie also, I love the the scene where it's, I basically just call it the Muppet car ride scene <laughs> where everybody yes. is piled in. Exactly. Too many people are piled sure. into the car. Man, there is like not enough seatbelts by like a third. Yeah, at <laughs> least. that scene. And they're talking about uh, when Walter Matthau's character pitched against Ted Williams in the in spring training not the minor leagues. Buttermaker. What a what a uh, what a name. Yep. So, he's got the the politician does not tell him also to go along with managing. He has to get them uniforms and also a sponsorship. Yep. 
and they're showing all like opening day. It's like this big extravaganza, which I'm very sure never. Yeah. I do not recall that. Yeah, what decade was that? How little league actually is, and <laughs> what part of the com- what part of the country? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But many marching bands. The we're going through all the sponsors. We have what Pizza Hut, Denny's. Denny's some other places, yep. and then we see the back of the Bears uniforms, and it is Chico's bail, bail Bonds, Let Freedom Ring is the quote on the bottom. Love it. And it looks so crappy on the back of their jersey. Like, it's it's not centered. It's, no, like, not up top, and <laughs> it's, well, it is a disaster. Yeah. And much like their uniforms, they are a disaster. Yes. None of them are any good yeah. at first. Yeah. They lost their first game 26 to 0. They forfeited in the first inning. Oh, the second game was No, no, no. they they lost they lost 21 to 0 and they oh, he forf 26 to 0 yeah. and he forfeited right, right, right. for them. Called it. And then the next game was 18 to 0. Right. So, so um progress. Im- improvement, yes. 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 I think let, we need to talk about throughout the entire movie but a lot in the in that 26 to 0 loss the the use of classical music oh my goodness throughout the movie yeah throughout the playing. movie but most noticeably when they are doing horribly yeah um it's, pre- it's pretty great yeah uh and it feels very intentional but it's also like classical music is uh, public domain so like yes. maybe it was a business decision um but it's very good it's like and there are classical pieces that are very recognizable like I couldn't tell you what it was called, but I could. Oh, they like, yeah. You know, three other like cinematic scenes that have used it come to mind. Right. You know, it's like I or just randomly knowing about it from right. any point in your life because yeah. it's classical music that is very recognizable. Sure. Yeah. Really, really cool. So in we kind of see Buttermaker. He is like on a wave, kind of like a drunk. I feel would be. He's either like really into it and being like really kind to these kids or quite literally throwing beer in their face. Yeah. Um, but there is a really nice scene between him and I believe it was Ahmed Abdul Rahim when I think it's after the forfeit where he just hops the fence and apparently just strips down to his underwear and climbs into a tree. Um, the kid, not the coach. Right. The kid. <laughs> He climbs into the tree. One of the other kids comes and gets Buttermaker and says, uh, he's up in this tree, and he told me if I told anyone, he'd kill me, but I'm telling you. So he go, he climbs the tree, and he's talking to him, and he's like, I'm not good at anything. That's basically what it is. No. And it's a great scene because he goes, what does he say? He's like, thank God Hank Aaron didn't have this attitude. Well, cause, yeah, because earlier the, the kid had expressed he, he wanted to play whatever position Hank Aaron Hank played. Hank Aaron played, yes. So you could tell he really admired him. So the coach used some uh, very well-played reverse psychology, which he does a lot on these children. Yes, but I think this was the most warm-hearted one. Oh, for sure. Where he was like, well, he made those 42 errors in Sandlot Ball when he was nine years old, yeah, like, and he didn't give up. Yeah. Man. It was very sweet. Yeah. I thought that was very And then funny. the kid had a line called, he called, he called him a honky or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the coach said, like, no need to bring race into this. It's we, already already. Ha- we already have enough issues. <laughs> yeah. Which is just like a very tender moment. Yes. This was 76. So like this was not long after. Yeah. That was a really, really sweet moment. But yes. yeah, the reverse psychology definitely persisted uh, right up until he's manipulating his, his ex's daughter. daughter. Yes. Into Amanda. 
who, who is, is selling, what is she doing? Selling star maps? Selling star maps. Yeah, she's a bit of a hustler. You could tell. Yeah. Um, but they haven't seen each other in two years mm-hmm. because it didn't work out. And I really like that. We actually never meet her mom. I think that's good. Yeah. I'm sure there's a deleted scene somewhere or something. Maybe, but it's. I'm it's glad we don't. Really not about. It's not about that it's relationship. About, yeah, it's about yeah. the relationship between Amanda and and I'm just going to keep calling him coach because apparently I can't remember. Buttermaker. 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 Morris Buttermaker. Yes. So it's a really, it's an interesting relationship because they're in a way, father-daughter, in a way like playful like peers. Yeah. But like once she starts to get too close, I think he really put, starts to push her away. Well, he throws beer in her face. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's, it's very emotional and they both cry a little bit. Um, oh yeah, they both they both do cry. They do. Yes. I mean, because you could you could tell that he's got some he's got some stuff in his background where he doesn't he doesn't commit he doesn't let people yeah. get too close. No. And you know, well, she's, I mean, so I'm sorry to cut you off. Now that you say that, he's he, with com- commitment and stuff like that. They ask him why he never made the majors, and he says contract disputes. Oh uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know if that was intentional, but I it probably was. That's uh hmm. interesting. Very interesting. Commitment. Yeah. So I really hope, I mean, did Walter Matthau come back to the second Bad News Bears? He did not. Oh. So the second the Bad commitment News. Commitment issues person. <laughs> the second Bad News Bears, I just clicked and kind of read it. Kelly Leak's estranged father comes to coach the team. Oh, boy. That sounds heavy. Yeah. So that, and it looks like some of the people came back for the second one, but not, not everybody. Yeah. Tatum O'Neill was probably off. Working on that next Oscar. Oh, yeah. She was, she's good. She was set. She was set at 10. Yeah. <laughs> got, oh, God. Got the Oscar. So and was, good. Was good to go. I mean, but Amanda, great character. I th- immediately went, yeah, like you said, when she came on screen, like, who is this? Yeah. Who is this little actress? Yes. She's very good. It all felt very natural. She had yes. a lot of spunk. She was not tolerating any of what yes, he was dishing out. Absolutely, You know, there was a negotiation that eventually happened where she's like, if you want me to join the team, it's like 12 ballet classes. Yes. You gotta like, cause he offered to pay for things, but he's like, I'll pay for three. And she's like, mm, you're going to pay for 12. Yes. So yeah, she's a, a really great, strong little, and the reverse psychology was saying that a uh, young girl's peak sports wise uh, oh at, at like nine or 10 years old. And it's like, oh my God. You could tell, like, there was that little, like, switch that flipped. Yeah. Feminism. She was like, it, it, for vengeance. <laughs> my curveball drops to two feet. Yeah. He was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll see about that. So it was really, it was a sweet relationship. And yeah. I, I think ultimately, like, they had that little scene where he threw beer in her face and then they both cried. And then the next, the next time you see them was the game. Right. And it's, it felt like they kind of, well, stuff behind them. Not I. Uh, I feel like he lightened up as soon as he kind of got everyone in the dugout and was like, "What the hell's wrong with you guys? Did mm-hmm. these guys have treated you like garbage all season? Don't you guys just want to win the game?" Mm-hmm. And that's also a very good bit of directing where they pull the sound once again and we just go to each kid's face. Yep. Extreme and, close up. And Here Walter Matthau's like, "Oh, they don't." give a shit if yeah. they win or not also they just don't want me to treat them like garbage yeah probably a realization of him seeing that other coach and well that happened like, after well just seeing how that other coach is yeah that it's, whole well, it's not just him seeing him smack a kid this guy's a piece of shit right who's been treating his players like shit yes this entire time so you know him seeing their faces he's like oh they just want to have fun 
there was probably a second phase of that, which is, I think a second phase of realization is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, right, right, right. Where he's like, I'm not that. They don't want I don't that. Wa- I don't they want don't need to that. be that. Yeah, right. exactly. So I know that there's that, there's like that shift in him with the whole team, yeah. but they also don't really address like the he and Amanda relationship after. They don't have like a, hey, sorry about that beer I threw in your face. I it's mean, kind of glossed over. That is glossed over. For but sure. she says to him, "Can maybe you'll teach me how to hit next year. And he and says, he goes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good, yeah. So, but it's not, you know, it's right. I mean, it, it feels maybe I shouldn't say glossed over. It feels in their way, kind of like patched up, in right. like their deflective kind of way. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Really interesting relationship. Yes, I mean, and she was taught to pitch by him. Mm-hmm. That's why I laughed so hard when she was using Vaseline on the top of her. Yeah. To get extra movement on her ball. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> Should we talk about some of these kids? Sure. I, I don't know any of their names. I mean, the the one that I want to talk about the most is little Tanner Boyle. Oy. Who is the, uh, the sh- as he has described, the short-tempered shortstop with a Napoleon complex. Oh, yeah. He is tiny and angry he is fighting everyone and he also has a mouth on him oh my goodness um not did not age well (laughs) yeah he's like and it was called out by another player where he like listed off all of these very racially charged terms for his teammates uh and then somebody who was one of those terms was like well you're the only one on this team who is not one of these lists uh oh yes so he's like this little wasp He's this little like white Anglo-Saxon Protestant kid who's, um, he really shouldn't be mouthing off because he is outnumbered and he's tiny. But yeah, it is definitely like a point of friction and confrontation. This little asshole. Yeah, he (laughs) is. um, He does have those, oh, shucks moments. Mm -hmm. Like when he sticks up for, uh, when they both get, well, one of them gets bullied and then yeah, when Lupus gets bullied, poor little guy. Yeah. And then he shoves that. You, you owe me 30 cents for my burrito. He, <laughs> he punches him with a burrito. But I think that's like a, a, that's very brotherly or like sibling related where it's right. that like I can pick on him, but you can't. You know, it's like if anyone's going to bully him, it's me as teammate and not, yes. you know, it's like it, that just shows the growth because initially it was like in the very first scene where we meet these kids, Tanner is... Talking about how lupus eats his boogers or whatever. A booger-eating spaz. Yep. What yep. he's referred to as. Uh, we also have uh, Mike Engelberg, who is our catcher. Mm. Who, um, there's that scene when they're, I think it's after the first game when they're really just leaning into practicing. Mm-hmm. Where he rolls over the fence and says, I need substances. And pulls out a candy bar and just eats it with the wrapper. Yeah. This is very uh, funny. Yeah, he's like a very cliche fat kid character. Who is also a catcher. Yeah. Which is like weird. Well, he said his dad said he should be a catcher. Right. And Buttermaker was in no position to be actually making decisions. He's yes. like, everyone get in the field, go to whatever position you want. He didn't yes. give a shit. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe that kid was just like, all right, well, I have the catching equipment. I am now the catcher. I am now the catcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great hitter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Apparently a great hitter. Yes. What a cast of characters. We had the, oh my goodness, his name was Alfred. He was the the baseball statistic guy. Oh, he was great. He was very. He was like a run of the numbers. Yes. 
great he, in algebra. He was giving Amanda advice like, okay, so this guy, when she was icing her arm and when they were trying to take her out of the game, like the, the fellow players were like, she's hurt. You should take her out. And he was like, nope. Right, which is when he was in his, like, we have to win tirade. Yeah. Where he started caring way too much about yes, the he, game. I think as soon as he saw that he cared, like, the this whole championship game was mm-hmm. a whirlwind. It was right. crazy. And I love the little brawl they have in that game, too. When the little kid, what oh, Tanner kicks that dude square in the balls. Yeah. Uh, that was great. I really like that. Oh, because the, the Yankees player cleat like as soon as that happened i went that's very illegal oh my god he like flying kicks her in the chest with his cleats man yeah that's that was hard to see also it was shot very well yes where it looked very painful absolutely i mean the the championship game a lot of fun i i really enjoyed it and i guess like is this the best quote-unquote good guys losing scenario ever I don't know if ever, but just like in a baseball movie, hmm. because it was like at the end, it was like, eh, who cares? Like they're, <laughs> they're all celebrating with beer. <laughs> Everyone, every kid gets their own every beer. Every kid gets a beer. And then they're like jumping beer on each other. Which was, <laughs> it was very cute. Yeah. I did like, you know, it was, it was really cool to see as soon as Buttermaker is just like, oh, these kids don't care about winning this game as much as i do so let's just he starts making substitutions he's putting in mm-hmm. the original pitcher who I, I thought was i think at one point i'm like did he just forget how to pitch like because he pitched that first game and he was at least throwing it over the plate anyway and then he puts in the two oh my goodness the two kids that don't speak english and he puts in the one that one kid who's super short, and he just gets a walk because oh he's so goodness. tiny. Yes, little little chubby kid. Yes, tiny strike zone. And it was super. It was just very nice to, and I think it was even even cooler that Kelly Leak technically lost the game because mm-hmm. he tried to go all the way home. And I think that was very, oh, and then we have that whole thing with the kids when he tells Kelly to catch all the that's the game before yeah because that leads to a lot of bitterness yeah some tension because you don't show up your other teammates like that but he was i mean i don't think he was following orders yeah i I don't think he was like they don't they can't do it yeah but it was that like pushback and backlash was so immediate too where he's like oh yeah he felt bad like he felt bad this was the you know the rebel <laughs> who didn't? Who didn't need the team? Mm-hmm. And then he he feels like he needed he needed the team, and he felt bad. You could tell he felt bad about it, mm-hmm. especially when because it's funny because we like we had not seen this movie, and I'm sitting there like he's just gonna take strike three. He's just gonna take strike three, and to show the coach that he he doesn't he's not gonna follow his orders anymore. Mm-hmm. And he ended up hitting a home run, but right. Right, but only, but wasn't that only after the buttermaker told him to hit, told him to swing? Yeah, he said, "Just let me bat. I'll go back to coaching or whatever." I can't remember what it was, but but I like that there were, you know, there were a couple examples of the little leaguers taking a stand against their coaches. Like uh, honestly, we we've talked about the coach hitting his kid scene a oh, couple of times. I, bringing it back, I could not believe 
that he the ball came back to him like and he and even the mom went up to him and was like what's your problem you, you asshole why to the coach. yeah to yeah. to you know the her husband right and then i love that he the ball comes back to him and he just holds it yep and he's just like he doesn't do well, anything well he like throws it into his glove a few yeah. times, which in like that really like while staring at his dad yeah, yeah. in that like mocking tone. And then he cups The kids it. try to come and take yeah, it from him. Yeah, but he's like holding on to it tight. And it's even more, in, I think it's more, it drives it home a little more because you know that kid and Engelberg have that rivalry. Mm-hmm. And for him to suck it up and be like, nope, th- I'm going to hold this ball so this kid can get an inside the park home run. Yeah. I love the slow walk over to the dad, the ball, and drops it in front of him and walks away. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very, honestly, I didn't expect that from a movie from this time. Right. I was actually kind of shocked. That was a really good scene. And that kind of, um, honestly, that scene kind of reminded you why the mom was introduced in the very beginning. Um, yes. At all. At second base when um, when he's looking for, he's like, I have to find Cleveland. He has to find some, the whoever Cleveland was, the, the woman who runs the manager. Gear. Yeah, the gear. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. But, I mean, like, that initial scene, for most of the movie, I was like, where is this mom character we met so briefly? Yes. Where, oh, well, when... The, that head coach of the Yankees, the Yankees being the bad guys. Again. Which is not, yeah, not a first time for sure. <laughs> Definitely not, not a last, last time. When, you know, when he hits his kid on the mound in front of everybody, you know, she runs over and she's like, you know, what you call an idiot or something? She like. Yeah. Whatever. But remember. like, I'm sure that obviously broke her heart and was like, oh, that, that definitely damaged the relationship. The yeah, father, I hope they son. got the hell out of there. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, they left, and you know, he the game was more important to him. Yeah. His little league game was more important to him. Yeah, than his family. Yeah, I will say the ending of this movie when he's called out at home after hitting, I think it was a three run. I well, they'll call it a triple probably in the book. I don't know. And they're presented this insanely huge trophy. And then they go, here you go, Buttermaker. Here's your second place trophy. And it is these it is tiny. Yeah. Like I it is not there it is the tiniest second place trophy. It's like eight inches compared to like four feet. They might as well That's... have given him a ribbon. Yeah. The Yankees coach is like, Oh, my players want to say like and they give this half ass apology. Yeah, they're like, Oh, we've treated you like shit. Let's do a little cheer for you. And then I, I'm pretty sure it's it's Tanner or yep. it's Tanner because you can take take your apology and your trophy and shove it up your ass, and they throw the second place trophy at them and then start pouring beer all over each other. I love it. It's great. Oh yeah, it was it was really fun. It felt really yeah. It I think just it felt really good. It like. I can think in a way it was predictable, but I wonder if it was predictable because it was, it's such an old classic movie that a lot of movies have, that have come after it have kind of, you know, pulled bits from it right? in a way, but I think it was really good. It was, it was very good. And I guess we should just get to the, yeah, the get rating. to the rating. Sure. Um, <laughs> same, same as it ever was. <laughs> same as it ever was. Same as it ever, I, one day. There will be a baseball movie that 
we do not love. This is a grand slam for grand I think slam. both for both of us. As soon as it ended, I said this holds up, and then you said the language will not that. The language did not. That no. was that was no. very jarring every time it happened. Yeah, which was multiple times, and it was um, all from the same. I think one kid repeated it. Well, the one kid repeated it to make a point to say you're yes. not one of these. Yes. Um, but it's funny that the that it's not funny. It's honestly a fact of life, and very true in many situations. Is that the kid bouting off that language is the one who should not be, you know, the one right. who isn't in one of those categories right. um, of marginalized people. Yeah. Anyway, but like, oh, Tanner, that little racist scamp, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Who we're, I, I mean, he got beat, he got beat up by the entire seventh grade, so. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. That was the other kid. No, that was Tanner. No. Yes. Let's double check it's, that. I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now. He picks an entire fight with the seventh grade from his school and loses. I thought that was one of the other many, many blonde kids. On that, you know what? If there was one thing, I could have used a different hair color on like two of these to kids. To tell them apart? Because Same. they were all like blonde little kids. Same. That's the yeah, only like, like bad he, partner. Yeah, he's the only one who's not... In a special class of people that he was railing against, and yet everyone is blonde. Yeah. Come on. Grand Slam, though. Grand Slam. Really, it, I really feel like it was very good. And I love how they dyed Walter Matthau's hair very, very dark to be like, he's not that old. Right. Did not. Did not pass. <laughs> what we're going to be watching next time is the 1994. Is this another 94? Have we... Have no, we, we watched? Have we have not done, done ninety four. Nope. We're watching from nineteen ninety four, starring Danny Glover, Tony Danza, and Christopher Lloyd. Disney's Angels in the Outfield. You gotta believe, which is not a tagline they should be using because that's the Mets tagline. Oh, okay. But anyway, great. I have. I we have. Once again, we have both seen this movie, but I only saw it. I'm pretty sure once. In the theater, and I also have a great story about when I went to an Oakland A's game against the a- the Angels, and I will tell that next time. There's a little spoiler for that. Great. I have seen this movie, but it's been a long time. But I remember the trailer for this movie being on a VHS that I used to watch all the time, and I wish I knew what VHS it was. <laughs> but I don't. But I could probably, probably recite. Probably a Disney movie. Probably. But I, could, I think I could probably recite the trailer from heart like if it started i would be like this is the next scene this is the next anyway I, i'm excited to rewatch it yeah i a long time i am also reading it and it's it has a lot of as it says features several future stars which i will not read off because i forgot all of these people yeah in don't it. tell me we'll do that next time I'm next excited. week all right so lauren where can everyone find you on the social medias twitter and instagram at bancroft B-A-N-C-R-O-F-F-E-D and www.laurenbancroft.com. I also want to plug my other podcast, Historical Hookups. Yeah, how have you not done that yet? I don't know. So much to plug. Historical Hookups, uh, me and three amazing female comedians uh, dig into the love lives of historical figures. It's very fun. Check us out on anywhere you get your podcasts. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jpthrice. I have a ton of other podcasts, including this one, and you can find all of those at notlg.com. And uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. We would appreciate that and give us some feedback. We love hearing the feedback about 
these baseball movies. And suggestions. And suggestions of a, movies. We still have a few to watch and review. So yes. if you have any suggestions, if there's anything that you want us to do. Yeah, let us know. Up, yeah. If we get if we get enough of, of a buzz for one movie that we have not done, we will do it. Yeah, or even just like a tweet. Or a single tweet. One tweet. One single tweet. We are very easy. The only thing that we have planned, like there are a bunch of movies where like we're doing that, we're doing that, we're doing that one. The only one we have planned is Major League Two because we said we would do that. Yes. And, and I we, do want to watch it. I do. I do as well because I do have good memories about that movie. All right. So that's it for us this week. And we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit notlg.com.